This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, Episode 74. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This podcast is brought to you by Locked On, real estate's most beautiful software. And if you can't wait to boot up your real estate software program and get started every day to help you win more listings and make more sales, then it's a clear sign you're using the wrong software. So why don't you try Locked On for yourself? All you need to do is go to lockedon.com forward slash TAP and you'll not only get a great discount for life, you'll also double your free trial period from 14 days to 30 days. And Locked On is not only real estate's fastest growing software platform, you'll also find it leads the industry for customer support and technical response time. Try it now for free at lockedon.com forward slash TAP. Well, I just took a look at the speaker list for ARIC 2017 on the Gold Coast this year. My former guest, Gary Vaynerchuk, is the keynote speaker, along with Bob Wolf and best-selling author Robert Cialdini. Tech trend experts Nigel Dalton and Henry Mason also take the stage, plus you'll be hearing from an impressive lineup of homegrown real estate talent to inspire and motivate agents ready to take things to the next level. ARIC founder John McGrath tells me this year's lineup is one of the best he's seen for many years, and I'll be catching up with John shortly to dig a little deeper into this May's event. And courtesy of Locked On, you can save 200 bucks on your pass for the entire event by going to arikconference.com and using promo code LOCKED17, that's L-O-C-K-E-D in caps, 17. I'm including the link and promo code in the show notes for this episode, so if you're driving or walking the dog, just head over to topagentsplaybook.com for everything you need to save $200 on your ARIC pass. Well, it can't be easy climbing to the top in a city like New York. So when you come from Nashville, Tennessee, with zero connections, you've got to learn to hustle fast. 27 years later, Manhattan power agent Louise Phillips Forbes has brokered more than $2 billion in deals and leads a dynamic team at Holstead Properties. Maybe it's her southern charm and her ability to tell it like it is, or maybe it's her love of life, friends and family that set her apart in one of the world's most competitive real estate markets. This was a fun interview and I really enjoyed my time with Louise and it's not hard to see how her natural skills and warm heart are winning new clients every day. I started out asking what inspired her to get into real estate. Uh, Real estate came to me a little bit accidentally. Um, I moved to New York from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Really, You're from Nashville? Born and raised and I can get my accent going if you want me to. (laughs) Well, I'm more, can, can you sing? No, but I danced at the Grand Ole Opry, and my, okay. mama went to, my mama went to school with Minnie Pearl. Does that give me any oh, brownie wow. points? Oh, wow. That's a lot of credibility right there. So. <laughs> sorry, I, I interrupted. Back to NYC and real Side, estate. Sidebar. Yep, but sorry. I moved to New York in 1988, and I injured myself dancing. And, you know, I, I found myself, like many people in real estate, doing nine jobs before I got into real estate. And I and somebody who recognized that I was really a people person said, you would be great in real estate. And while I thought that real estate was truly about the architecture and the brick and mortar, it's really the business of people. Of course. And so that is what really blows my skirt up. And that is something that I'm grateful to be a part of every day. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it is an exciting world. So you're a wife, you're a mum, and you're this mega realtor at the at the same time. Um, how do you do it all? Oh, it takes a village. <laughs> uh, takes a village. But you know, when you love what you do, I mean, I as a younger individual, I, I experienced a lot of loss in my life, and. You know, when you live every day to the fullest and you love what you do, it's not work. Yeah. It's just not. And you end up finding yourself attracting individuals because I'm more of like, uh, I, I don't, I'm not a big promoter. It's taken, I, I actually, I would say if one of my biggest mistakes in the market, uh, for, I mean, my, in my growth of my business was the buy-in to in, embracing marketing on steroids, which uh -huh. I have today, yeah. but I wasn't comfortable putting myself out there. I just wanted to be, I wanted to attract individuals, not promote. And for myself, I just had to find the, the right balance. What, you know, well, that's interesting. What, what would be, what would you say? Here's a question without notice, because I did send you some questions prior to our interview with about, with about two minutes warning, but what would you say is, is the best way or, or, yeah, the, the most productive or the most effective way that you've been able to build your brand in the last, say, five years, your personal brand? My personal brand, I, I think that for all the agents that are listening, which I know you have a big following, um, and I, you know, I came in with the business, as I said, you know, in a prairie skirt and a leotard. I had no <laughs> Rolodex. I had no, I had no That's Rolodex. an interesting visual. Yeah, well, there you go. But, but, you know, I needed to know who I was. I wanted to own that I was Southern. I wanted to embrace it. Sometimes my Southern accent still today, when I'm uncomfortable in negotiations, my accent comes out and it's disarming for some people. Yeah. Um, but knowing who you are and being grounded in myself and really, um, I, I determined I was uncomfortable with the idea about being in a business to make money. Yeah. So when I determined that I could be of ultimate service in a very intimate personal experience, I ran with it. Yeah. It, 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 it is the link that, you know, gave me purpose. And, you know, I, I don't really think of myself as a salesperson. I really feel I'm an educator yeah. and coming from just that basic philosophy is the first link to trust. Yeah, it's and that has it's that has been my it? greatest personal branding and 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 really my mission, I would say. Have you have you worked hard to build your following? Do you do you maintain a contact base, like a, a database of of your contacts or do you do Not it out as of your black well book as or not as well as I should because I have over 12,000 contacts, okay. um, personal, professional, industry people, you know, um, one of the things that I will, I, I, I learned early on, um, that buyers are here today, sellers are gone tomorrow, but every day we wake up, we have our industry peers yep. and investing in those peers will will give you so much fulfillment and quite frankly on the other side of a competitive bid the deal yep yeah well it's interesting the way the world works i'm actually just 
I'm, I'm really interested in the online marketing space because it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. And I'm looking at your beautiful website, uh, made, made beautiful by some of your listings, which I'll talk about in a sec. But if, if you want to check this out, guys, it's Louise Phillips with two L's, Forbes, F-O-R-B-E-S.com. And I'll put that link in the show notes and you can check out, um, check out this awesome looking website that, that Louise has built. Louise, tell me, um, how much inquiry are you getting online? I guess in, in, uh, in, a, in a place like New York City, you'd be getting lots. We have tremendous activity. As you can see, I am quite a lister meaning yep. I um, handle a number of exclusives. And and by the way, on that building your brand and building and having goals, every time I have an, a listing, my goal is to make three transactions out of that deal. Oh, yes. Yeah. I so, like this philosophy. I was just one, speaking with somebody about this yesterday. Yes, please go on. Number one, selling the asset that I have there. Uh-huh. Number two, hopefully selling my owner wherever they're going. And thirdly, making a a connection with one individual through that process that I connect with emotionally and, or that they connect with my, our style and our philosophy that I can help them sell their home or, or buy a home. And I will tell you that if you have that in your forefront, it will be, um, it, you will, it will be interesting for one to track their business because I track my business that way very, very closely. And you were talking about the online, at, you know, as somebody who has a lot of exclusives and as someone who is incredibly, I try to be incredibly generous with knowledge to other brokers. I am, my telephone number and email must be put in everybody's alarm or alert because when I list something, literally my hits are 300, you know, in the first three or four days. Often. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, more and more, we know that 93% of all people who are looking for homes are starting online. And we know that the eye candy, uh, the eye candy of the visual opportunities that digitizing the market has given us, it's a powerful tool that we are really just starting to see that platform and yeah. it's just exciting. Yeah. Well, eye candy is is uh, a great way to to describe um one of your listings I'm looking at now on the Upper West Side on uh, 617 West uh, End Avenue. A, that's a stunning looking apartment on the 12th floor. Um your attention to detail with uh I guess I'll call it the art, the photography, which is which is really our selling point everywhere is um is amazing. You obviously put a big emphasis on that, and I don't really know where I'm getting with going with this well, question, but I do want well, to say me, most me, most agents fluff it up. Well, I will say that that you're. I appreciate you acknowledging that attention to detail because I have, you know, built a team. Uh, I was one of the first brokers in the 1990s to really start to build a team because I really wanted to do business who I had with people I had personal relationships with. And you can only be in so many places so many times. And so trying to curate a team where they could be an extension of myself, but their own, but quite frankly, they actually compliment me because their strengths are my weaknesses and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. And and if they have the same philosophy of being the educator and caring about, you know, not focusing on 
the transaction, focusing on the right transaction, then you can let go of the control because you're operating as a well-oiled machine. And in that process of being the ultimate, you know, person of service for this incredibly stressful, exciting, and intimate experience is having in within my team a director of public relations and marketing and I don't list a listing without Rich walking through an extensive walkthrough with each owner, giving them a laundry list of things that we will help them do or suggest that they do or we will do for them. We, you know, how a house lives and how a home photographs are very, very different. And having an individual who has 20 years in public relations as well as in the interior uh, the interior designer world, as well as luxury brands, is 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 an asset that that really has served me well. Yeah, yeah. So, so let let me go back to to uh, this Upper West Side listing. Um, it's a listing, by the way. I'm going to put the uh, I'll put the link on the show notes as well. You're asking please four point eight for it. It's a gorgeous looking property. I've just I've always had this fascination with New York City, being a being a country boy from Australia. Uh, I've been to, I'm lucky enough to have been to New York a few times and and toured around these streets in Tribeca um, and the Upper West Side and looked around and and every time I go there the the listings seem to have um, be worth a million more dollars or something. Have, have you seen a have you seen a great increase in the last ten oh, years in in prices? Lists, Ray. I've been in the business for twenty seven years yeah. and you know uh, I, to watch what's happened. And I have one individual who I have sold nine transactions for, and she actually retired her corporate job, became an entrepreneur, and we calculated that she made about seven million dollars in her real estate over, you know, fifteen or seventeen years. And um, you know, it's it's a very it's one of the greatest ways to 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 build wealth. It is, isn't it? It's it's crazy. I was actually is. I can't remember the guy's name. If I was a really good podcaster and researcher, I'd, I'd be able to tell you, and you'd probably say, oh, yeah, I know of this guy. But he bought a property in the 80s for 75000 when he didn't have any money. He begged, begged and borrowed and, and somehow did it. And that property's now worth $75 million. I mean, I don't know anything else that's grown like that. It's crazy, isn't it? That is. And boy, do I, I wonder if he needs any children to adopt. <laughs> I'm Just not saying. Sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'll I'll, uh, I, I'll I'll find out his name and I'll send it to you. It was, a, <laughs> it was an interesting thing. I even forget where I saw it. I was just probably one of those five a.m. reading a New Yorker article on my on my iPhone or something that I found it. While we're talking about property, um, if how would you advise a first time investor who's who's looking to invest in Manhattan? Where are the hot spots right now? Well. First, the, I mean, where isn't there a hot spot? There's okay. some exciting things happening in New York City. And Maybe I should qualify it with a budget like under a million. Can you buy well, under a million yeah, in NYC? Absolutely, absolutely. I will tell you that the market, you know, we're, we're talking all over, you know, your listeners are from, they stretch a long range of, of locations. But when I talk about, you know, the lower portion of the market, that would be a half a million dollars to under four million dollars. Uh-huh. Um, that is the 
you know, strongest market right now um, because one, interest rates are on a rise, which is one of my predictions that we talked about, talking, possibly talking about. Yes. You know, um, and that for individuals who want to purchase, you can buy. I am in the process right now of doing three transactions. Um, and again, these are all referral people who have bought and sold apartments for. They are now going to be buying, you know, uh, smaller units and I'm selling their bigger units and they're spending a half a million dollars, yeah. 475 to $550,000. And we are in bidding wars. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, because the buying power is still so magnificent. It is in, in let us not forget across the United States, it is less expensive to own in 42 States than it is to buy yeah. out of yeah. our 50 States. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But there are some great opportunities all over the city. And, you know, when you see things like Hudson Yards, um, which is a the largest residential development project that is happening by the related company, it is 17 million square feet of residential and commercial. Wow. They, in September and October, opened up their first residential building. And in two months, when nobody was making decisions pre-election, they did $440 million worth of business in two months. Wow. Went to contract. Yeah. We're turning investors away. So I think New York is always going to be a mecca for people who want to own a piece of the rock. Yeah. But there are opportunities. You know, there are places in the Bronx and in Harlem where you can buy – you know, beautiful two and three bedroom homes in Inwood um, for five hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I want to get into some questions, but before I do, I think um, at last count, this podcast is listened uh, to by people in I think over one hundred and forty countries now. So it's it's far and wide. Wow. And I also want to say that. In my view, and and in the view of of many global uh, economic specialists, the the U.S. is still the economic furnace of the globe. So, um, so much of what happens is the ripple effect from the states goes right around the world, and that's that's happened. Um, I mean, goodness, for the last hundred years, nothing has changed. Yes. So, so with that in mind, so what I'm what I'm saying that is that if you're in Sydney or or Wellington or 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 Durban or London, or wherever you might be, don't switch off because I think this is going to be important. So based on that, Louise, my first question is, you talked about interest rates before, and this really interests me. Um, what will fe federal interest rate, uh, a federal interest rate uh, increase do to the market? Well, I, I, we have just experienced something, Ray, that maybe your listeners in these other countries may not be aware of, but certainly the world was watching our our chaotic elections. Mm -hmm. um, and we were all, I think, very surprised whether you're for Trump or against Trump. He has been good for business to date. Okay. Um, we know that we needed a change. Um, we needed a change from the interest rates that we had sort of been suppressing since 9-11. We've been suppressing the interest rates because the housing market has been, you know, has what's given our, our economy the traction. Yeah. For every transaction that happens, it touches 11 jobs. Think wow. about that. Wow. 
Yeah, and we are looking at 6.3 million transactions in 2017. Okay, and that is job security. That's wage growth. That's economic, you know, growth. Uh, that is also confidence. So we had people not making decisions because they weren't sure. September, you know, really that started at the beginning of 2016. So we had a lagging, elongating sell cycle. And September, there was a bit, October and November, a bit of a pause button. And now today, interest rates have been that push that have taken people off the fence, especially the first time buyer, that half a million to $3 million buy that wants to buy as much as long as they can for as cheap as they can, because even though interest rates are still at record lows, you can buy more today than you can tomorrow if you buy today. Yeah, yeah. Well, interest rates are probably as low as they've ever been in in our lifetimes, you and me. I mean, it's... it's, uh, In July, they were 3.55%. Today, they're hovering around just shy of 4%. Okay, so is that going to push prices up in the coming 12 months? I think what it's going to do is it's going to push competitive bidding for well-priced property. Property. Okay. okay. When when and there's realize. a difference in that. Yeah. There's a difference in that. Yeah. Um. And and you know this has been going on in in cities outside of New York, and I think this is where we're going to find your listeners who are, you know, foreign foreign investors who want to look at the standard New York City, Los Angeles, Miami, San Francisco, um, with with prices that have elevated as we've experienced, some of those investors are saying, you know what? Let me look at Nashville. Let me look at Austin. Let me look at Portland. They've got like a groovy music scene and food scene and tech scene happening in Austin. Nashville has become, you know, from where I grew up there and where it is today, it's very cosmopolitan. Yeah. They have a professional hockey game, professional football team. You know, it, it, it's, it, these, these cities don't have to be these four anchors that people have been drawn to. Yeah. We are, we're really expanding our global, exp- you know, presence. And what about the the huge markets? And I know you've got an opinion on this. Uh, and I'll I'll just I, I don't know what percentage these two groups would make of the market, but I, I think it would be substantial. The baby boomers and the millennials. How how will those guys drive drive the market? Incredibly. I mean, the the millennials have recovered from the Great Recession of two thousand eight, and with you know. Remember, this is our first generation where literally instead of a pacifier, they grew up with an iPhone. So how these kids, (laughs) it's true, but how these kids navigate and do everything from buying a car, buying a mattress, buying an apartment, getting a job, uh, meeting a wife or a husband. I mean, it is incredible. Raising a family. Yeah. It is incredible what they do in this technology environment and they are representing what used to be, you know, in 2015, 25% of our market. It's now 30%, but the baby boomers are the sleeping generation. We are going to find ourselves this year where we can expect this generation to transact not once, but twice. Just what I just experienced. I sold my, my clients apartments 10 and 15 years ago. They're now going to, they've got places in Florida, places in Belgium, and they now are downsizing their New York footprint. 
and they're going to put a lot of money in the bank and buy a little piece of the rock. Nice, nice. Well, it's hard to talk about Manhattan and real estate without talking about the new uh, the new president. Have you got any uh, New York New York celebrity encounters that you can share? Oof. Well, I I sat next to Kate this morning at breakfast. Kate Blanchett. What um, what's her name? Yeah, she's an Aussie Blanchett, actress. Yeah, Kate yeah. yeah, I loved her. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to pretend I was having breakfast with her, just between you and the <laughs> listeners. But um, I have. Uh, she's got. I think she's doing a play here. You know, it's fun. I, I used to just be head over heels when I ran into someone, and now I think I've become just a real New Yorker because <laughs> I've sold apartments to people that you know are movie busters. Um, that I probably think I, my confidentiality won't allow me to say. Of course. But, but yeah, they're, they're, they're just people just like us. And yeah. my experience is there are a couple of them that come with a right, a quite an entourage. But for the most part, they just, just like you and me. Yeah, interesting. And they want a home. Louise, who are your heroes? Mm, I'm talking, I have a lot I guess, of heroes. Professionally and in life and just general. Who, uh, who inspires you? I would say my my first inspiration would be my mother and then my father, you know, um, as far as, and I've lost both of my parents and they actually died on the exact day, 20 minutes from the exact moment, 15 years apart. Oh, no way. And wow. um, I like to think, and I had met my husband 10 days before, so I like to think that my mama sent me my angel and took back hers. But um, my mother was a connector. Um, I, I, wa- I watched her all my life welcome people into Nashville, Tennessee and connect them to all kinds of cultural and individual and people. And, and she just went above and beyond her call of duty to make someone feel at home. And I like to think that that's some of her essence that I, I try to live and hold. And, and my father was, you know, um, a minister's son. Uh, and, you know, he was all he did millions and millions of dollars on a handshake, uh, transactions and deals and had just endless integrity. And those are, those are the the two people that I hold in my highest. And I would have to say that next one would have to be my husband because he, uh, just in case he's listening. Well, you know, but he is, what's your husband's name? My husband's name is Christopher Malcolm Forbes. And hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. He is a, um, first and foremost, a beautiful human being, but an amazing father. And he celebrates me for just who I am and is my biggest fan. And, um, and I just, I think that to have people that you admire and become your role models and, and have the blessing to have them from your childhood. And from a professional standpoint, I would say, you know, Barbara Corcoran. Yeah. Barbara yeah. Corcoran is a woman who put was probably the first visionary to realize that that real estate companies are their brokers and that she was all about making the box as big as she could for those individuals instead of putting them in a box. Yeah. Have you met Barbara? Um, You'd have to, wouldn't you? In, oh, uh, in absolutely. New York City? Yeah. Absolutely. She's the first person, you know, we would have our annual every every year we would she would come and work for me, Weez. Why don't you come and work for me? Yeah. And and she was the first one that said, Okay, 
How, what's your gross commission? What's your average deal? How many transactions? And I was like, I should know this stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's, she's straight that's into where it. She's, well, she's just bigger than life. And, yeah. and um, I'm so happy for all of her successes because she's quite an inspiration for women. And, um, and, and you know, from somebody who came from not an easy life. No, humble beginnings. Um, and uh, and you know you you celebrate and and she's a she's a kind woman. Yeah, yeah. My next two questions I could probably combo. What are your passions and what keeps you sane? Oh, what keeps me sane? Well, passions. I'm going to start family and surfing. Really? So my where do you yeah. like to surf? Well, I um, I surf all over the world. I haven't been to Australia. There okay. are there are a little too many shark attacks there. Well, sharks but... as we call. Them. <laughs> My Canadian Shark. wife, my Canadian wife Christine, calls them sharks. Sorry, she, you're sure she's not from Boston? No, no, no she's from Toronto. But yeah, my she's uh, Canadian too. Oh, okay. Where's he from? Where's Chris from? Winnipeg. Ah, oh, nice. Winnipeg. Oh, they're having a brutal winter this year. So Indeed. I guess you've surfed Hawaii. Oh, multiple times. And yeah. my two children, who are 11 and 13, we got into surfing because when my son was five years old, he walked out on the beach and followed his finger down the surf line, and some guy was on a board, and he's like, I want to learn to do that. Nice. And we threw him on a board, and we've been surfing eight years now. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Oh, some amazing places to go. So, um, well... I wouldn't be afraid of going to surf in Australia. I mean, you're a real estate agent. When it comes to the sharks, it'd be mutual respect, wouldn't it? I well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to get you out in the water with me, and we'll see. You'll take me to the spots. Oh, I'd love to. I know some great <laughs> surf breaks, and I know some. If if I don't, if I chicken out, I've got some good contacts that can that can take All right, you there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tell me, um, what's uh, let's get a little bit negative because we can learn from this. Have you got a professional or business mistake that that you've learned a lot from in uh, in your experience? Mm, business mistake. Well, I think that there are two that I could say. One, uh, I, I've mentioned both of them. Um, embracing your colleagues. When I was, you know, a young hot shot, you know, immature gal when I started in the business, I think that I didn't appreciate the value of my colleagues yeah. because when we start, we kind of feel like, okay, it's me against them, but it doesn't have to be that way. There's plenty of business for everyone. And if you treat people the way you want to be treated, you will always win. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so a great that, philosophy to live by. that would be one of my early mistakes. And the other was not embracing, you know, the, the marketing component, component and yeah. and um investing in it like a small business instead of you know um being afraid that it might be wasteful yeah. because it's 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 the right business decision for myself for my teammates and most importantly for my clients yeah in your team do you have buying agents and and various assistants that work in different roles well, my, my business is a little bit different than maybe some other teams. I don't really know how all they mine kind of uh, evolved, uh, you know, naturally and organically where, um, where I do have, I, I, we're a team of seven people 
I have a business manager who does all the back end, you know, deal summaries. We don't write our own contracts, right. but we have offering plans and board packages and, you know, questionnaires that need to be answered by the building to learn, you know, what kinds of uh, policies they are. So I have a, a business manager who is a full on CPA and, you know, my business is a $150, $200 million business a year. Uh-huh. It's um, and so he has his hands full. I have a director of marketing and uh, PR, which is Rich Johnson, who's been with me for eight years. Um, stealing him a little bit first into being a broker, and then really morphing into understanding that I can't. I need a full time position for that launching of these listings because we do seventy to ninety transactions a year. Let me just let me just butt in there for a sec because I yes. meant to, I meant to ask that when we were looking at that Upper West Side listing, um, the four point eight. Um, does Rich do, is he responsible for styling that and setting up the photos and balancing the light and the colors and and just making that making that image really pop? Uh, he he does. He it, yeah. I rely hundred percent on Rich. He's very good. Yeah. You can go listing after listing after listing, and even in my sold and close, you will see that you know you, if you keep scrolling, you go down you know hundreds of transactions. You'll see when Rich was not with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that obvious. Well, I mean, you know, listen, it's an art. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, that. And and that why just, not that just have cut the out. best? That just cut for, out again. That just cut out there. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said I am really, really good at what I'm really good at. Yep. And why not have the best yeah. in something as important as your first impression? Yeah. Yeah. What a great point. Um, secondly, I have I have uh, my right hand, Jonathan uh, Schultz, who is in charge of really managing our exclusive interfacing, meaning we do the analysis when we when somebody says we're going to list our apartment, he launches the process of putting together a very, very um, uh, analytical data which is inclusive of things that are not just on the market, what buyers are looking at when they come to look at this home, but what's in contract and what is it in contract for? That is not public information and that takes time and that takes relationships to get that information. And then, um, and, and I do a lot of development work. I mean, I have built or converted 30 buildings. So we, you know, I have a big portion of my business is that I am a developer's broker. So I do marketing for these projects. And so Jonathan spearheads that with me and Jason spearheads, um, our buyer pool. So we, I, because most of my business are my personal relationships, I partner with Jonathan on exclusives with my friend or my clients. And I partner, partner with Jason for and with the buyers. And then we have a, a team assistant, which is um, somebody who supports all three of us and also is a salesperson. Yeah. So uh, we have, uh, we divide and conquer pretty, pretty efficiently like a well-oiled machine. It sounds like it. Do you use a real estate CRM or software program to uh, hold it all together? 
We have our own, I call it, it's called The List. Okay. And it is. <laughs> Sounds it is pretty high tech, Lou. The List. Yeah. And it is um, something that I literally developed just because I couldn't carry around my files anymore. Yeah. And I was not as technically um, efficient as I would have liked to have been. We are about to move that all online, which will just rock my world. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, you know, who are you when, going with? Do you know? Um, I don't even know. And I, the good thing is, I'm not in charge of that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I just do what I'm told. And when I don't wear my high heels, they boss me around. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Everybody's got their roles. It sounds like. Let's let's move towards wrapping up because I'm sure you've got a very busy rest of the day to jump into. Um, what advice would you give someone looking to get into real estate or somebody who um, somebody who's in real estate but needs to that's you know really needs to reinvent themselves to and really wants to to jumpstart their results what advice would you give mm. you know I, ray i have met with and had coffee with i and brought in i would say at least 70 people into the business of real estate in my wow. 27 years yeah and for all those very established and new you know it is so important to give back and to take the time to extend a hand to someone who's trying to figure it out because when they figure it out, they're going to be on the other side of the negotiating table and they're going to remember when you took the time. Um, as far as reinventing yourself, you know, it's goes back to those basic principles that for myself and my philosophy is, you know, my secrets to my success one was my work ethic. Two was really believing in the bottom of my heart that I am an educator. I'm not a salesperson. And I also believe that my home is where the rest of my life is built from. So if I live by that, those virtues alone, then I know who I am. So I'm not saying find my philosophies or use my philosophies, but find yours because sometimes we get lost in trying to compare ourselves to other people's business and compare ourselves to what other somebody else is doing and be true to what feels right for you. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 and I, I didn't, I, I would, I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, I had 800 bucks when I came to New York city and I would have people, you know, we had to do these terrible things called board packages where you literally kill a tree and it has your tax returns and it has, you know, 900 letters of references and all your financial statements. And it's a book by the time you're done with it. Yeah. And I would have people to my house because Lord knows we could do it at work. And during the day, I would make pasta and a big salad. and We would sit at my dining room table and we would do it together. Yeah. And, and, you know, time is one of the greatest gifts we can give our clients. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's terrific advice. And, and my my final question was the the top three things that make you successful. I think you've just told me what they are. So, so thank you for that. Yeah, I I think it would. I, I'm. It's it's keeping it simple. You yeah. know, work ethic. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated, and um, you know, having a philosophy that you can own. Um, that that you 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 live because I really do feel that I am a matchmaker. There is a chemistry that happens that when someone walks into their right home, they know. It's just like when I met my husband, I knew 
when I walked in my apartment, I was showing a customer who told me he thought it was a dump. And I was like, holy moly, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. I wasn't even in the market. So we have that chemi- chemical reaction that's going to happen. We just need to guide our people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's good advice. Well, Louise, th- thank you so much for your time today. Um, you're a breath of fresh air. It's just been, I don't think I've spoken to any NYC power brokers or, or real estate gurus uh, yet on the show. So thank you so much for being well, my first. You. I would love to have you back. Uh, at, I love at, that. And I'll have point. you in New York and show you the town. Oh, I'd love to come. I'd love to. If you, I tell you what, if you, if you have to fire sale one of those Tribeca apartments, please give me a call. All right. I'll be, there, I'll be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> Thank you so much. Congrats on your success. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so kindly. Bye, Ray. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software. For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com.